like to join us for prayer, we'd like to have you join us. Come on down. You're the next contestant on Yeah. 
Good morning and welcome to the house of the Lord called Trinity. We're glad to have you today. But more than that, we're glad that the Lord has promised to meet with us when we gather in his name. Amen. If it's just us here, it's, it's not going to amount to a thing. But the Lord shows up when he promises to. Amen. How many of you came in Jesus' name today? You came to worship him. Well, he's already signed up to be here. And when Jesus is in the house, healing can happen. When Jesus is in the house, fears can be abolished. When Jesus is in the house, lives can be changed. When Jesus is in the house, miracles can transpire. And I want to be a part of that. Praise God. Would you stand with me, please, as we enter into a time of worship and praise and the study of God's Word. Lord God Almighty, we come in the name above all others, the name of Jesus, that name that causes the enemy to flee and run in terror, but gives us great strength and confidence. We want to run to you today, Father. We want to run to the rock, that safe, secure place. Father, we're, we're living in a, in a world that's messed up. But you are the one who can untangle the messes. You can give us strength and purpose. You can transform our lives. You can get us ready for eternity in your presence. Father God, we pray that you would do something this day in each one of us that makes us more ready for heaven than ever before. We ask your touch upon this day. Anoint the, the singers, the worship team, those working the sound and the video. Anoint those that are going to sing your praises in this place today. Anoint this altar as a place where people can come and call upon your name and find answers to the problems of life. Father, we pray that you would anoint each one of us to not only hear the word, but to do it, to live it. Father, receive the praise of your people in this place today. Be glorified. You said if you be lifted up, you will draw all unto you. And Father, we want to lift up Jesus in the house today. We pray these things in that wonderful name. The name of Jesus, our Savior, Redeemer, and coming King. Amen. 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 I know a place where we can go. Lay the troubles down, eating your soul. I know a place where mercy flows. Take the stain, make you whiter than snow. Like a tide, it is right. 
of all of our praise. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to see everyone here today, and I'm just excited to be here at church. Um, Paul, Paul, Mark, you want to come down the aisle, please? If we have any guests joining us with us in person today or on the live stream, we just want to thank you for coming out and joining us here today at Trinity. Um, this dashing, handsome young man, he's going to have a connection card. If you are a guest with us, just raise your hand, and he'll give you a card. Put your information down on there, and that way we can just keep in touch with you and you can keep up to date with things going on here at Trinity. But if you are a guest with us today, if we could just give everyone a, a nice, warm, welcome, round of applause, and thank you for joining us. As always, we have our Wednesday services, our family nights here at Trinity. Um, so if you're able to come out and join us for that, we have a 10 a.m. Bible study uh, with the pastor, and then starting at 7, we have classes for all age groups. We have uh, Royal Rangers for the boys, youth classes. We have uh, girls, girls classes, adult Bible study, all of that starting at seven. So if you're available on Wednesdays to come, I, I see you, Dave, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm not going to forget. But if you're able to come out on Wednesdays, we'd love to have you join us here at Trinity. Now, if you are a veteran or just anyone in the church, but veterans especially, um, the Royal Rangers are taking a little trip. They're having an out outing to Motes Military Museum. Motts. Guys, reading is hard, okay? I graduated late, if you weren't aware, okay? It took me 13 and a half years to get out of, out of school. So Motts Military Museum is going to be Saturday. They're going to go at noon. Um, meet at the church. Luncheon is provided. Um, and if you are a person that is under the age of 18, make sure that you get a permission slip filled out um, and turn that into either Dave or Pastor Bill. And if you have any questions about that or the outing, uh, make sure you reach out to them. It's going to be a good time. I know that Dave is excited. He's only been reminding me about it for the last few weeks. Um, so if you're able to go and you're just like, you know what, I want to hang out, have some fellowship and go to see some cool stuff. Make sure that you talk to either Pastor Bill or Dave about that outing. Uh, could the deacons come forward, please? Well, there's one. Oh, two. Oh, my God. Three. Oh, 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 can I hear four? I just, I just, you know. Okay. Praise God. <laughs> it's our problem. Okay. Praise God. One thing I want you to know before we pray. We are dedicated to the principle that church ought to be fun. I think we ought to laugh a little bit every once in a while. I particularly was laughing when he said he was dashing down the hall. I, 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 I didn't see that coming. Yeah. But we have a good time fellowshipping with one another. We're all just ordinary folk, 
but we serve an extraordinary God. Amen. We're going to give him praise with our tithes, our offerings right now. Father, we come in Jesus' name and we thank you for all that you have given to us. The health, the ability to earn, the, the provisions, your watch over us, your faithfulness. So, Father, we want to be faithful in letting other people know about this Jesus who loves them. And as we give, we ask that you would touch every gift. You would touch every dime and every dollar. That you would not only touch it, but you would do what you did with the loaves and the fishes. Multiply it so thousands are touched by the investment of even one little lad. We pray that you would extend this gospel message around the world that others may come to know you as Savior and Lord. We thank you for the privilege of giving to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.
today. Tell Jesus how you feel about him this morning. Tell Jesus how thankful you are today. Tell Jesus your deepest feelings in his direction. Tell it to him. You've told it to others. You've sang songs. Tell it to him right now. Thank him for all that he's done. Praise him for who he is, for what he's done for you, what he has prepared for you. Give him thanksgiving today. Open yourself up to him that he can pour into your life today by his spirit and by his word. Tune in. Tune in to Jesus right now. He has something he wants to say to hearts this morning. Tune in to Jesus today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so very much. Praise God. You may be seated. All I can say is it must be Ohio. The soccer team, the crew, played in snow yesterday. They called it Merry Christmas. My goodness. And, uh, Reds won. Well, I don't have a team anymore. My, my Indians no longer exist. They're guardians now. I, the weather is, uh, let's say, unpredictable. It's going to be 60 degrees tomorrow. My goodness gracious. With all the uncertainty and bizarre things going on, there's one thing that's rock solid, and it's our God. He is a rock. He does not change. The Bible says there's neither a shadow of turning. It doesn't even look like he might change. He changes not. Therefore, he loves you. He's going to stand with you. 
and he sent his word. How can a word that was written thousands of years ago have anything at all to do with the here and now if it wasn't written by an all-knowing, all-seeing God? I'm always amazed, but I stand really awestruck today some things that I know that I can't share, but, but uh, I know. And the Lord was prepping this message that I have to share with you for quite a few weeks. And I had no clue of why today was the day, but you'll find out sometime. I, I'll find out sometime. God knew what he was doing long before we had a clue. Amen? Amen. Some of us, how many of you would, would admit, more than likely you're clueless most of the time. Any, anybody like me, you just... But I have a word that's a challenging word today to bring to you. It is not a you so nice kind of message. It's not mean-spirited but it's what Jesus was teaching his disciples that we need to learn how many of you think along with me that if Jesus taught it to his disciples it might be something we need to learn would you stand with me please and turn in God's word to Luke chapter 5 Luke chapter 5 and beginning with verse number 4 <clears throat> Luke chapter 5 and beginning with verse number 1 not 4 1 through 4 so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God wow I like that Jesus was in a boat and and on the shoreline and he's being pressed people are desirous of hearing the word oh that it would happen again oh that we would hunger and thirst for the word of God I got to move on so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake Genesaret, Galilee, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down there in the shallow waters, and, and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Heavenly Father, it's so calm and peaceful in the shallow side, right along the shore. We can dabble our feet, walk in the, the gentleness of the waters. But life-changing things happen out in the deep. 
Help us today, Father, to hear the cry. Launch out into the deep that we might experience all that you have for us and all you want to do in us and through us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please keep your Bibles open there to this portion of God's Word. You know the story. Those who have been over to Israel know that along the shoreline, it's not a sandy shore at uh, Galilee. There's just rocks and kind of sharp rocks and uh, kind of volcanic sort of rocks. And so I often wondered why Jesus didn't just stand on the soft sand shore and preach to them. It would hurt. It was problematic. So he got into the boat and he sat down, not out in the deep stuff. He sat down in the shallow side there and he taught from the boat. And when he had finished teaching, he wasn't done teaching. Jesus is never quite finished teaching. Well, I've, Pastor, I've studied the Bible all my life. I think I've got it all down now. Uh, he's never done teaching. He's, he's not done with the lesson yet. He has taught these people along the shoreline, but he has 12 guys that need to learn a different kind of lesson. There's some shallow water teachings, and then there's some deep water teachings. And we need to follow Jesus into the deep. Sometimes we can be so comfortable in the shallows that we neglect going deeper with God. In our study of God's Word, in our application of it, and as I was thinking about this story, oh, you know what happened when they got out to the deep. It was one of those occasions when Simon, always there to share depressing news, oh, we fished all night, we caught nothing. That's the reason my boat's up at the shore, we got nothing. And he says, well, cast your net on the other side. And they got more than they could handle. And they had to call all the other neighboring boats to come and help him bring in. See, there's things that you can do in the deep water you just can't do in the shallows. And if we stay in the shallow waters, that mighty miracle cannot happen. How many of you would like to see some mighty miracles of God? Well, when I was studying this and reading about it over the last several weeks uh, a thing from my past came to me see I when you get older you can remember 30 40 50 years ago like that you know yesterday I'm not so clear on can't find my keys most of the time my phone you know uh, uh, cell phone people I was, I was sitting in the lobby this morning thinking about what I'm going to share with you and, and uh, people were looking for credit cards and, and lost things and whatever. But we can remember 50 years ago. 
I remembered one of the highlights our family always looked forward to, our family vacation, and we would take our pop-up camper and we would travel, it seemed like forever, and go from wherever we were in Ohio, go all the way down to Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we'd go to Myrtle Beach Travel Park uh, not only our family, but we had several other pastors and families that we all traveled together and uh, had all kinds of episodes together on the way down and the way back. And we camped out in that campground right close to each other and played games and had wonderful time. It was a great campground. Now, some of you at the last year's uh, ministry missions trip got to see the campground and it's a little bit different than it was when we went there. Uh, when we started out, we drove all the way down. I think it was like 12, 14 hours, whatever, to get down there uh, because the roads were not all that great. And we arrived, and Myrtle Beach Travel Park had a uh, beautiful beach setting. And you were, no matter where you camped, you were just 50 to 100 yards off of the ocean white sand you could hear the waves a cool breeze coming off the ocean at night and we went down and we would we would go out into the ocean and we would float and we would swim and just have a wonderful time well years later when we went back they had made some improvements that well in kind of improvements and they built a whole gigantic pavilion way back away from the ocean and in that pavilion they had game rooms they had all kinds of arcade games and an indoor pool and they had uh, a lazy river how many of you know what a lazy river is now, i'm not an anti-lazy river don't get me wrong i spent my time in those as well but a lazy river is designed so you don't have to do anything you just get in your inner tube. And the calm waters propel you along a circuitous course. And there's no sand. There's no jellyfish. There's certainly no sharks. There's, there, there's no irritants. When you'd go to the beach, you know, you have to pack up all this stuff, you know? You have to pack up your chairs and your blankets and, and you have to bring a, uh, something along so you have some cold beverages and, and some snacks and whatever. And it just takes seemingly forever to get all your stuff down to the beach. And there's sand in your, in your peanut butter sandwich and there's, you know, it, it, you know, it just, you know... And you get out. How many of you have ever encountered a jellyfish up close and personal? Well, there's none of that at the Lazy River. At the Lazy River, you just get in an inner tube. You can even fall asleep there. You, you just float along. It, it, it carries you along this little, little path and... Every once in a while, you may run into, bump into somebody else with their inner tube, and you say hi, and you just float on by. 
no sand, no, no. You had to, didn't have to bring your chairs because they already had beach chairs there. And they had a snack shop there and you could, you could get anything you wanted. You could have a pizza delivered right beside the lazy river and just have a wonderful time. No sand, no fish. But the Lord reminded me that the excitement of the ocean was what I drove 14 hours for. The thrill of the ocean. I did not drive that length of time, set up my camper, pay an exorbitant fee to camp there, and uh, do all those things so that I could just sit at the lazy river. I encountered some people at the lazy river. We'd go there sometimes of an evening, and I said, have you been to the beach? Oh, no, no, no. We'd rather just stay here. It's calm here. I, I don't have any sand in my sandals, or I don't have any grit in my teeth. I haven't been bitten by anything. <laughs> no waves that can toss you around. No sand, no fish. You don't have to swim. You just float. No effort. Just on the lazy river, floating along. You sit back, relax, and the gentle stream of water will carry you along, and every once in a while they'll have a little spritz of water that will refresh you on the lazy river. You fall asleep and float along without any danger or happenstance. There are times when we love the lazy river times of our life. As a Christian, there are times we need a lazy river kind of day. There are some times we just need to float along, not encounter any agitating sands of life, no irritating jellyfish of stings and problems, no crashing waves. I remember one time I, we would buy these inflatable things and go out in the ocean, and me and my buddy Paul were out there just floating along and just having a wonderful time fellowship, and this huge wave came. And it took both of us and our rafts and took us up in the air and slammed us down on top of a, of a group of people that was in an inflatable boat. They were not thrilled. They were not welcoming. We had flooded their boat and sunk it by the two of us and them in there. Sometimes waves will hit you. It's all a part of being out in the deep. Far too many Christians never venture out from the shoreline. We dabble in the edge of Christianity. We receive the Lord. We hear his teachings. But we don't launch out into the deep. 
and experience the miraculous power of God. Oh, there's, there's challenges in the deep. The waves are out there, and by the shore, by the lazy rivers of life, it's calm. Well, there's, there's, there's all kinds of bigger fish out there. Don't have them along the shore. There's challenges out there. But the miracle that Simon and the other disciples experience does not happen at the lazy rivers of life. You're when you're out in the deep and there's a challenge and there's threatening waves and there's currents. The currents, I... When we went on the mission trip last year and we were down at the, at the ocean, we... Uh, we were noticing the kids would go out into the waters and the waves hitting them and they're having a wonderful time. But very soon, they are down there. Where we pitched our, our stuff was down here. The, the, when you get out into the, the deeper waters, you need to be aware because they can pull you in all kinds of different directions. My message is a simple one today. It's time, child of God, to launch out into the deep. We can get way too comfortable in the lazy rivers of spiritual life, just floating along, just having a wonderful time. Well, what did you do to, at the beach today? Well, it didn't go to the beach. There's no sand in my peanut butter. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no jellyfish. There's no waves. I didn't get thrown over by my inner tube. I just had a wonderful time. But folks, the miracles happen out in the deep water. And the message that the Lord would have me to bring to each one of us today, each one of us, me included, Though it's pleasant for a while to be on the lazy river, he didn't bring you all the way to salvation and being anointed and called of God, some filled with the Spirit. He did not call you to just to skirt around the edges and not launch out into the deep. And the Lord impressed me several years ago with this area of teaching. Five causes of spiritual shallowness in the Christian world today. Five causes of spiritual shallowness. Now, as I mentioned, there are times to be at the shallows. The, the multitude was there, and they were learning they were pressing in on Jesus. But there are some things, child of God, you will never learn, you will never experience until you launch out into the threatening realms of the deep. Five causes of spiritual shallowness in the Christian world today. The first one, a lack of personal Biblical study. 
Acts chapter 17 and 10 says this, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, and prominent women as well as men. Paul had had a tough time in Thessalonica. As, as usual, he gets beat up or thrown in jail or kicked out of town. He goes to Berea and preaches the exact same message of salvation through Jesus Christ, of the power of the resurrection, of the authority of God to save the lost. And the Bereans studied the scriptures along with him every day and began to believe on what he preached. It was not that they just received the word, they studied the word that they had heard preached. And they made it a part, they inculcated, they made it a part of themselves and became believers and it affected the entire town. These Bereans searched the scriptures daily and their faith was strengthened. We have opportunities here to study God's Word in groups, in small groups and whatever, whether it's Sunday school or, or it's our Wednesday Bible times together in the, the morning and the evening. We have different opportunities. The preaching from the Word of God, I can guarantee you this. I cannot guarantee you the best sermons, but they will always come from God's Word. But we also need to personally search the scriptures to grow in our faith. I get the picture in my mind of a, of a little baby. Remember those times parents are feeding a baby? Some of the yicky things they eat. You know, how many of you remember? I was always intrigued by... It sounded so good on the, the Gerber label. But when you began to apply it and kind of paste it on their tongue, and it's all over them. You know, I, I tried that when my kids got a little older, trying to feed them. They didn't appreciate it. You see... When you're a baby, you can be spoon-fed that way. You, they just receive whatever's there. You just shove it in, and they may spit it back at you, but, you know, you shove it in, paste it on their face, the, that formula and mix with the, with the oatmeal. Oh. <laughs> and just one of the greatest commercials I've seen recently is that one where the father is trying to feed his little baby. He's got stuff all over him, and he leaves, has to go, comes back, and the kid's face is completely clean and his hair is combed. And look over and there's a dog going. <laughs> there are times we need to be fed. And that's good. 
But there are times that we need to grow up and begin to do some feeding on our own, to search the scriptures. You see, we need to launch out into the deep here, folks. We're dabbling around the edges. You say, well, well uh, uh, I, I have a little devotional and, and I, I read one verse a day. That's reading. I'm talking about studying to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, back to my King James again. You see, we need to search the scriptures. We can try to share the word of God with you, and I try to, to share the word in, in Bible studies, in teaching, and try to provide things. But you know what? I am not responsible for you staying in the shallows. You're going to find out that if you get out into the deep and you begin to study God's word, God's word is going to grow in its depth for you. I had this experience just last, last Wednesday or Monday and Tuesday as I'm prepping for Wednesday. We're in the Proverbs in the Wednesday uh, morning class in the evening we're in the gospel of john and i can't tell you i really cannot tell you how many times i have read the gospel of john and i really can't tell you in my 50 some years of ministry how many times i have preached or studied or taught on the particular verses we were in and in all of those years all of those times of study i never saw what i saw last week I never realized that the blind man, he was born blind. The blind were not allowed in the court of the temple. It was a part of a prophecy that when Messiah comes, the blind will be healed. But here's a guy, he's not been, quote unquote, to church. He was born blind. He sits every day begging. And Jesus comes by and heals him. Spits on the ground, forms clay, puts it on his eyes, and he comes back seeing. Well, that gets him into trouble with the Pharisees because he was telling everybody Jesus did it. And they didn't like to hear that Jesus had done it. And so they called him on the carpet and they said, they said, uh, what happened here? And he said, duh. Well, I, I just did what he told me to do. What did he tell you to do? He says, well, he told me to go. And uh, he, made, he made clay and put it on my eyes. He did what? He made clay. Well, he says, we have a rule against that on the Sabbath. Kneading dough or making clay is work of the hands. You're not allowed to do that. That's not what the scripture says. That's what their interpretation was. So they were all over this guy. So the guy is just in innocence. He's never been to Sunday school or Sabbath school. He's never been to any of these other places. And yet he's talking with these learned Pharisees who know the Bible front and back of the Old Testament. And he makes a statement that I never noticed before. He says, never in the word of God 
have any people who were born blind been healed? Think about it. In the entire Old Testament, not a single person who was born blind was ever healed of their blindness. Never. And I think, whoa, I've been studying this for how many years? I was saved at, thank you. I was, I was saved. I was saved at 12 and uh, raised in church, went to Sunday school every day, every time the door was open, went to church morning and evening and, and Wednesday nights, and I've read it and read it and read it. I never saw that before. It was prophesied that when Messiah comes, there's going to be blind people healed. People that were born blind are going to see. It was one of the, the signs that Jesus sent when, when John the Baptist was in prison on death row. And he says, I, I'm just having some second thoughts here. He says, he told his disciples, go tell Jesus, ask Jesus, is he really the one, the Messiah, or should we look for another? And Jesus was not offended by it. He sent back, tell John, the blind see. Fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Now, if an old dude like me can learn something new, folks, we need to launch out into the deep. There's some stuff in there that the Lord has waiting for you, treasures that he wants to give to you, but they're not at the lazy river. They're out in the deep. Launch out into the deep because that's where the real miracle is going to take place. The shoreline is good for a season. And we praise God, well, I was blessed, I, I was encouraged, I was blessed, that was wonderful. Oh, great service, Pastor, or, 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 or I saw a great message on TV, whatever. That's wonderful. But when you launch out of the deep, you get to be a part of the miracle that God has. The second reason for today's spiritual shallowness in many Christian lives, it's found in the self-centeredness of the age. What's in it for me? It's all about me. It's what I want. What I need. My plans. My way. No matter what. What I want to do. And if God says it's okay after I've already decided to do it, well, that's a bonus. We float along on our lazy river. Nobody bothers us, but we do not impact anybody else either. It's not a place of social, socialization. It's just a place of kicking back. It's all about me and my lazy river. Now, don't be talking to me when I'm in the lazy river. I'm just there to relax. And child of God, if you're on the lazy spiritual river today and you are not interfacing with others, you need to launch out into the deep because it's not about you. 
it's about others. Yes, it's about your salvation. But if your entire walk and travel with the Lord is just about meeting my needs and my feelings and my this and my that, child of God, it's time to get off the shoreline. Get out of your inner tube on the lazy river and launch out into the deep because that's where the miracle's at. That's where the fish are. Jesus told his disciples, you know, you think this fish is great. I've, I want you to catch fishers of men. I want you to be fishers of men. Now, as long as they stayed in their niche, they were fine. But Jesus was calling them to launch out into the deep, and something unique is going to happen. We float along on our lazy river. Nobody bothers us. It's all about me, my pleasure. Proverbs eleven twenty four says this. There is one who scatters and yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. We can be in it just for me, myself, and I, or we can launch out into the deep. And the Lord is going to do so much more with who you are and what he's done in you. There are people outside of your lazy river that need to know that Jesus can save a person just like you. They need to know that how many of you have been healed by God? How many of you know there's people out there that need to know that he can heal people just like you? He could do the same for them. He's no respecter of persons. But if we're just floating along on our lazy river, nobody gets to hear about it. Launch out into the deep. Praise God, Simon Peter, who usually has something to say about everything the Lord tells him to do, kept his mouth shut and just started rowing. And he experienced a miracle. Selfishness and self-centeredness leads to a very shallow Christian experience. You may be floating in a wonderland of self-contentment, but people outside your lazy river are going to hell in droves. They are burning for eternity in a devil's hell as we just float along, launch out into the deep. There are things that God has for you to do and things God has for me to do. We need to get out of our comfort zone, our lull-you-to-sleep, lazy river attitude, and touch a world. You say, well, what can I do? Oh, be sure and ask that question for Jesus. Would you? Because how many of you think Jesus just might have an answer for you of something you can do if you'll launch out into the deep and hear from him? I got to move on. 
We are not designed by, by God to just receive salvation, then get on our lazy river inner tube and just float along till Jesus calls us home. There are lost souls who need Jesus. There are situations that need people to be prayer warriors, not just float along. Launch out into the deep. Could you say it with me? Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Here it, here it is a command from Jesus, not a suggestion. If you really would like to get off the shoreline. No, launch out into the deep. The third cause of spiritual shallowness is found in Jesus' story in Matthew 7. You know the story well. Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon the rock. Now everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, that's the crux. There is spiritual shallowness in Christian faith today because we've heard a lot more than we do. We've heard a lot more than we put into practice. We've, we've experienced and heard and seen and witnessed, but we've not put it down and began to live it. Hearing and doing a lack of application of God's word to everyday living and our priorities. We need to launch out into the deep. Peter did not stay safely along the shore. He did and took action upon what Jesus told him to do. Amen? We have no conversation listed here except that he said, well, we, you know, we, we were out there earlier we went out there once, and we caught nothing. Jesus says, well, it's different now. Why is it different now? Because Jesus is in the charge of the direction you're going, and you're walking in obedience to his word. I'm not talking about just going and doing something and hope that Jesus approves it. I believe that Jesus is still well able to call upon us to launch out into new areas of ministry, to launch out into new areas of service, of new areas of prayer, evangelism, new areas of witness. Hearing and doing the word. If we hear only, Jesus said we're just like a guy who built a beautiful mansion on sifting sand. We've talked about this before, but it just is gut-wrenching to me when I see those flood things out in California, those, those floods where they have these million-dollar mansions, million-dollar mansions on the side of a hill, and they just start sliding down. And it's a million dollars worth of rubble at the bottom. 
if it's not founded upon the rock solidness of God's word. Hearing and doing establishes. Not just hearing, not just knowing. We can be experts in Bible trivia and still not apply it to our everyday Christian life. You're living on the lazy river shallows. The fourth cause of spiritual shallowness comes from my side of the pulpit. Shallow preaching and teaching produces even shallower Christians floating along the lazy river. If I do not preach it, the accountability is mine on judgment day. I remember as a young Christian, I had just sensed God's call on my life. I was working at Bell Telephone, and every day at lunchtime, I would slip away. I had my Bible with me, and I would eat my, my lunch and read scriptures and reading through the Bible. And I, when I got to Ezekiel, it impacted me. I read verses that just gripped me. If, son of man, if, if I give you a word to share with the people and you don't do it, yes, they will die in their sin, but their blood will I put on your head. But if you share the word and they reject it, you're okay with me. And that's haunted me over the years. If I do not preach the word of God, the life-changing word, if I fail to let people know that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to run away from, if I do not let people know the wages of sin is death eternally, if I do not tell people that not everybody goes to heaven. Only those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior will get into heaven. It's not about being nice. It's not about being kind or benevolent or anything else. If you do not know Jesus, you will not make heaven. But that's impossible to share with some. People don't want to hear that. And many of my fellow pastors have reduced it to a feel-good kind of message. If I walk out and, and feel, yeah, I am a wonderful person, I, nothing's wrong, yeah, it's good to be blessed, but you know what? If I'm not challenged by God's Word, I think I've missed something. I'm, I need to be challenged by God's Word. So do you. And so we need to pray for pastors. I... I really want you to pray for me. Many of you I know do. That I will hold the line and preach this gospel message as long as I am permitted to preach. When people ask me, uh, you know, will you speak here or do that? I says, if I can share a message that you must be born again. Being a nice person is, will not cut it in eternity. There's a lot of nice people that wind up in hell. Sad but true. And the, 
the shallowness of preaching today, the direct result of it is people living in the shallow, lazy river kind of Christian life. Floating on, not caring about the people overseas that are dying, going to hell. Not, not caring about the people in our area that need Jesus. Not caring about people living in sin that don't know about it and need to be shared with. Not, not caring about that. Folks, there is great judgment upon those of us who preach this gospel if we fail to preach the whole counsel of God. Please pray. Please pray that I don't give in to the trends of the day and just preach what makes people feel good. Just preach what will bring in the crowd. The, cause, the fourth cause of spiritual shallowness comes from shallow preaching. We need to pray for pastors and teachers that they will get back to God's word and realize how important it is to launch out into the deep. Because you know our world is believing shallow messages. I don't want to get into this, but there's a whole brand of commercials out there that are depicting Jesus and the Christian life that he gets us. And that he's not judgmental at all. Well, he's the judge, folks. Yes, whosoever will can come to Jesus. It's not you can just do whatever you want to do and Jesus is okay with it. It doesn't work that way. There's a shallow message, a, a lazy river kind of gospel that's going out that Jesus is just a real pal and a buddy. And he wouldn't say anything stern to you or make you change. He's okay with how you are. He did not go to the cross because he's okay with the sins of the world. Jesus is never going to tell you, oh, it doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter if you're engaged in sin. I'll, I just came for you to be happy. Float along on your lazy river as people go to hell. You see, we need to pray for preachers. We need to pray for this preacher, for the teachers of our, our children, teachers of our youth, the teachers, ministers that are preaching to the homeless community, those who are ministering to all different age groups. We need to preach. We need to teach the deep water stuff. Oh, we can preach it in such a way and teach it in such a way that they can get it. Oh, you don't have to preach over their head. You can preach right to their heart. But we need to launch out into the deep. How many would commit with me today to pray for preachers and teachers that we would launch out into the deep, get off the shoreline and get out of the deep waters where the miracles happen?
It's not my job to make you comfortable. It's actually kind of my job to stir you up. The fifth and final cause of spiritual shallowness is found in Mark in Matthew 16. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21 says, From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. I can't, can't even imagine that. Began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. <laughs> Jesus turned to Simon Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. You see, those kind of words are from the devil, not from Jesus. Apathy, spiritual apathy. No sacrifice needed. Just float along. Float along. No challenges. Just easy. Lazy river living. No sand. No trouble. No hard waves. No undercurrents. You see, when you launch out in the deep, all those things come into play. But spiritual apathy will keep us from launching out into the deep. Peter was well-intentioned. Who wants to tell anybody, yeah, you're going to suffer? He wanted Jesus to avoid the very reason Jesus came. Spiritual apathy. Taking the easy road, the road without suffering or pain or rejection. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but it's something that's still burning in my heart. Folks, if you are a people pleaser, and that's where you get your self-worth, you're floating in the lazy river. You're in the shallows. Because there's some strong words that need to be shared, and they won't like you for it. The world does not really want to hear what they need to hear. Many of the time I've talked to people and I've seen them slam their, their mind in my face when I tried to tell them something that the Lord had laid upon my heart. But spiritual ap apathy is an epidemic today where we think that we can be a Christian, we can go to heaven, we can get all the blessings and just float along and not launch out into the deep and impact anybody else's life. It's all about me. All about my pleasure, my ease. Jesus called that kind of running from suffering and running from confrontation, he called it satanic and challenged Simon Peter. I don't know, the other disciples, I, it, it doesn't tell us this in the scripture, but I wonder what the other disciples are doing right now. I, I'm sorry, I, I got this, you know, just a, a day before that, they'd been at Ces Caesarea Philippi. Okay, get the picture. They're up at Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus says, 
who are people saying, what are people saying about me? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others say you're one of the prophets, you know. He says, well, that's nice, but what do you say? Who do you say that I am? And they just kind of, uh. And the Holy Ghost hit Simon Peter and says, you are the Christ Messiah, the Son of the living God. And he goes, and the disciples were looking, that was from Pete? Pete's always putting his sandal in his mouth, you know. One day later, they're on their way to Jerusalem, and he says this. He says, no way, Lord, not going to let that happen. He says, get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine the face of the disciples? Okay, is he hearing from God, or is he hearing from the devil? Which is it? It can be both. If we are taking an apathetic role in our Christian walk and just floating along, not concerned about the lost, not concerned about the, the saved, We've got a lot of work to do right here at Trinity in touching the lives of our children, our young people, our young adults, our adults, everyone. We have a lot, lot of work to do. Launch out into the deep. It may not be comfortable, but spiritual apathy will destroy your walk. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. You say, well, pastor, you got to quit saying that. Okay, you say it. Say it to the person next to you. See if that offends them. How about the person behind you? You got anybody seating in front of you? Oh, shout it out at them. Now hold your imaginary mirror up and say it to yourself. These causes of spiritual shallowness for that biblical illiteracy, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker that needs not be ashamed, rightly, rightly, I said rightly, dividing the word of truth. For self-centeredness, go to Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. For lack of application of God's word, Philippians 4, 9 says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do them, and the God of peace shall be with you. For shallow preaching and teaching, 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, reprove, rebuke, Exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, and for apathy, launch out into the deep, child of God. Well, there you have it. One trip to Myrtle Beach, one lazy river, but I believe God has some deep experiences for us that we can never experience just making laps on our spiritual lazy river. There's going to be times when you launch out into the deep. There's going to be huge waves that will hit you and knock you sideways. There'll be creatures of the deep that you will encounter that ultimately could destroy you 
But if you're out there because Jesus sent you, he's going to be there with you. I shared all that the Lord laid upon my heart today. I've tried to divest myself of this to you. I invite you to stand with me right now. And I want you to imagine with me. I know some of you have great imaginations. Some of you need to work on it. And I want you to imagine, close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to imagine with me. Let me see the hands of those. You've been to the ocean. You've been to the beach. Close your eyes and imagine that you're standing on the shoreline, looking out at a white sand beach. The waves are gently coming in. Some people are dangling their feet at the edge. But see Jesus coming to you personally and saying, child, son, daughter, I've taught you all I can teach you on the shoreline. Launch out into the deep. But what are you going to do, Lord? I, I, I'm not going to tell you. I got to show you. Launch out into the deep, child. I'll go with you. You will experience things that you won't even be able to explain. But you got to launch out into the deep to experience them. Imagine him calling you. Then I'm asking the Holy Spirit, as your eyes are still closed, to see if you picture yourself in that lazy river, just having a relaxing time in your Christian life, hearing the word but not putting it into practice. People are headed to hell, but you're floating. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to speak as well. It's time, child, to launch out into the deep, to get out of your comfort zone and into his control. Miracles happen when you're in the deep with Jesus. As one person said, when you get in over your head, it's good to be with Jesus who walks on what's overflowing in your life. He still walks on the deep, on the water. Father God, right now, help us in this place to run from the shallow hear your call to launch out to the deep. Father God, I'm going to I'm going to step forward today too because I want to go deeper with you than I've ever been before. Thank you Father for all the over 50 years of ministry you've given me and all the things you've taught me, but Father, I I need to learn more. 
I need to do more. I need to touch more lives. I need to pour into other lives. Father God, I'm asking you to take me out into the deep waters today. Father, for each one that would hear your cry today, let this altar be a place of getting into the boat and launching out into the deep. If you'd come, child of God, just as a reminder, I'm going to ask you to just come and sit on the edge of this altar today as if you're getting in the boat with Jesus. And if the altar fills up, I hope it does, then you can sit in that front row or the second or the third or the fourth. I think Jesus would like to take a whole boatload of us out into the deep today. See miracles, mighty acts that we could not even dream about. As the musicians bring a song of invitation, it's an invitation to launch out into the deep.
Stay when everything around me is shaking. 